connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Giles. I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we're the Beyond the Trope podcast. Every week, we delve into topics like pop culture, fiction writing, and other nerdy things. We feature laid-back conversations, bad puns, and in-depth interviews with authors, comic creators, and more. Find our show at beyondthetrope.com. My name is Henry Jarvis, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. That's pretty Very good. That's awesome. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2018 and beyond, and also a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network. We are Denver's premier movie podcast. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. I am joined every week, usually by Brad and Zach and James. And I'm Ryan. Hi, Again. Ryan. But you already knew that. But you already knew that. <laughs> uh, this week, we saw Coco. So stay tuned to the end of the show where we will review Coco. See if you see it or not. Play the trailer. Spoil it. And um, yeah, yep. we talk about movies. Movies we've been watching, movie news, movies that are coming out. I have a Scream Factory title coming out this week I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and then last night, I uh, my wife um, hates Katy Perry, but I went to her concert because um, I wanted to hear myself roar. <laughs> um, it was actually interesting. I... I didn't know this. Uh, there's a so tickets now through Altitude or AXS, whoever the Avalanche and Pepsi Center have their tickets through. They have a thing called flash seats, and flash seats are season ticket holders and Nuggets and Avalanche who buy tickets to concerts because they get dibs on them. Sure, and then they just sell them on a secondary market, and usually they're marked up like crazy, you know, like fifty, sixty bucks. And I waited forever to get the Katy Perry tickets, and so. Uh, Sunday night, I looked on her website and she had some of like the $45 seats left, like in the very last row of the Pepsi Center. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then I just clicked on the flash seats. It had row six in section G, GG, which is on the floor right next to like her ramp that she comes out on Yeah, for 70 bucks. Man. So I think someone could... bought them and just had to unload them. Yeah. Because when I went through... The thing now, Brad knows, like it's like the Paramount. You swipe your credit card, and then they print off your ticket. Like the t- ticket price was two hundred and twenty dollars. Oh, wow! Jeez. And so I was literally like, I don't know, ten feet from her. Wow! She has a great ass too. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> but and that's why Ryan went. No, no, but also too, I've never been to like a real like pop show. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I usually go see like Bare Naked Ladies, Rod Stewart. You're used to seeing people rock, who are talent shows. You go to yeah. rock shows. Yeah, yeah, where you're like, I'm here to see you perform your talent. Exactly. Rather like, than like uh, going to a strip club. Yeah, yeah. More, and, about, uh, more about the music than the the visuals. Yeah, exactly. But like, it's like so overwhelming because she had this huge like jumbotron that was in the shape of an eye. <laughs> but like, uh, but she would have like the background like uh, for uh, I don't know, I forget the song. But she had Pac Man going, 
What? And uh, like her uh, dancers would be dressed up like the ghosts, and was, they'd run through. Is was she just like showing Guardians of the Galaxy two on on the big screen? They should, she should have. Um, but no, she like uh, she's pretty fun, and she. I mean, uh, she also did this thing where she. Uh, so every like big set change, it went behind the magic jumbotron, and it came out. And there'd be uh, this one was like the planets, and she came out sitting on Jupiter that was connected to like the ceiling of the Pepsi Center, and she went around the whole Pepsi Center playing guitar and singing. And I was like, God damn, she's like crazy, <laughs> crazy. That's that's she was a, fun. That's called a death wish. <laughs> how's, 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 sorry, how's her crowd work? So uh, it's awesome. So she like will get down and run through the crowd and sing. And uh, she invited like this little girl up and asked her what her wish was. And her wish was to spend more time with her family. Oh, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, like, and, 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 and Katie wow. Perry was like, I'm going to pay you so your parents never have to work again. Yeah. And she would. No, she's pretty fun. She would like run to one side of the stage and she'd like point to people in the audience and, and she's like, I see you. Blah, blah, blah. And people would go, I mean, uh, and I was actually surprised I'm how diverse. pointing at me. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised how diverse her crowd was. Because, I mean, I when I found out, I was, like, in basically, like, general admission. Um, general admission is science. Like, fuck, I'm going to be surrounded by, like, 13-year-old girls and gay dudes. And it, it really wasn't. And she, uh, uh, yeah, she's fun. She winked at me one time. Oh, Yeah, she's nice. <laughs> And the lady I was oh, talking yeah, to. Oh, yeah, your shirt has boobs on it. Oh, yeah. Um, the lady I was talking to was, she's like, she's been at Pepsi Center, she said, for 20 years. Like, she's a security person. And she's saying that she's really nice. Uh, Steven Tyler's really nice. Oh, cool. Uh, lady Gaga comes in early because she gets altitude sickness. Oh. Yeah, so she's, this lady's like, wow, you're so vast of knowledge. And it was fun. Cool. I, I felt I felt like uh, a firework, guys. I mean, I, I would, I would go see her. She, if you like pop music and want to, you know, two and a half hours of her constantly performing. The only bummer is the opening act was called Purity Ring, and it's literally this. Oh. Do you know who they are? No. Okay, but I had the same thing. So she is literally a, a a woman singing with a dude like on an iMac, like a DJ, and they kept on having technical difficulties, and she would like Ooh. run away. She's like, I can't do this. So I ended up doing, <laughs> I don't know, four songs. And it was awful. Mm. But yeah, that's what I did. How was your uh, trip to Wisconsin? Uh, it was great. I stayed in this like ridiculously large house um, that was insane. I mean, they, they, well, anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, we ate like st- stuffing and shit, and it was amazing. How much cheese was there? I made pies. There was so much fucking cheese. I'm not kidding. Cheese is actually not only like everywhere, but really good. Yeah. Like I was at a bar, and I was going to go- a like I went. Bar? No, I was at a a bar bar like a brewery. I was at Lakefront Brewery in uh, in uh, Milwaukee, and where I go to like get like some appetizers or whatever from like the little grill that they have. And there's a cooler next to the the checkout with like smoked cheese sticks and cheese curds and cheese whips and like kinds of cheese you don't even get here. It's not even That's like a cheese whip. Uh, so a cheese whip is kind of like a cheese stick. Only it's smaller. It's about fifty percent in diameter, right? And mm-hmm. then it's longer, and it kind of curls a lot. So it almost looks like you squeeze cheese through like a really large spaghetti machine, you know? And then they, but they're usually kind of long, and then they come in just like a clump. So it kind of looks like a big cheese wig kind of thing. And they're amazing. I mean, it's just good cheese. Um, That's one of my favorite things about Brooks. 
is she has her Wisconsin accent. Yeah. So every once in a while, she's like, yeah, I'm from Wisconsin. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, you should hear it when you're in Wisconsin because it gets <laughs> thick, um, especially like around her family. It comes like, out more. After a while, awesome. I was starting to do it like, um, but yeah, no, like there's just there's just cheese everywhere. And I, I it's the thing I'm going to miss. Like coming back, I'm like, I, I thought I came from a place that appreciated food. I'm a guy who eats a lot of cheese, and yet I don't have access to smoked cheese sticks. Ryan, you and I. Both big fans of the cracked pepper cheese sticks that were discontinued by Kraft. Thing ever. Uh, it is still the best cheese stick I've ever eaten. Fuck you, Kraft, for discontinuing it. Um, <laughs> or actually, maybe fuck you for even inventing it in the first place if you us. weren't going to let us have that for the rest of our lives. But smoked cheese sticks, also very good. Um, mm. Maybe second best in my, in my book of cheese now. Um, it was very good. I was, I was excited. Uh, and good beer. Had a, had a lot of good beer while I was there. Had some bad That's beer. That's what they're known for. Yeah. Beer and cheese. Yeah. Even had some shitty beer. Beer cheese. Like, okay. I had some beer cheese. <laughs> to uh, the inventing machine. <laughs> the last day I was there, I had a hot dog that had macaroni and cheese on it and onion rings and sriracha. It was awesome. Anyway, uh, so I ate well. That's food, all right. How was, how was y'all's Thanksgivings? Zach? That was good. I, I, uh, Great. I chilled out with my nephew. <laughs> Sorry, I know, nice, nice quick. fake picture of you sleeping next to your nephew. I saw no, it wasn't, it wasn't fake. That was a selfie. He yeah. was, I was knocked out, and he was knocked out. So, did so he won the fight. Yeah, he won the fight, but he was tired afterwards. So, <laughs> um, no, we actually we fell asleep watching Jungle to Jungle, but we'll talk about that a little I bit later. I would too. Um, but he's cute. I get to see him again this week. So cool. Awesome. Yeah, Very it's cool. awesome being an uncle. It is. Yep, Brad. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, I had to go for like two days without any like project being worked on, so that was that was tough. It's like, project withdrawals. Yeah, going through project <laughs> withdrawals. I have nothing to do. I just had to sit around and interact with my family. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere. Cool. Yeah. Over the weekend, I shot a new video. So. Yeah. Cool. Music video for Jean Claude Van Damme. Same man. And um, and someone actually got uppercutted and busted their lip and got stitches. So wow! Hey. <laughs> yeah. My goodness, we call that being Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Happened to him in Army of Darkness. Yeah, really. That scar he has, like right here on his chin, he got that. And when he went to the hospital to get stitched up because he had all the cuts on his face from the makeup department, the doctor's like, um, "Which one's real?" <laughs> and then <sighs> they stitched it up. He went back and finished his uh, scene. Yep. Funny, he's a pro. You can find that all on the Army of Darkness commentary on Screen Factory's three discs release of Army of Darkness. <laughs> Which I have a copy of from you, but not in the case. <laughs> I was right. I'm, you have it where it has a sync issue. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to double. I'm, I'm going to bite the bullet and get it. Just I'm, get it. Yeah, because I want it for my shelf. <laughs> all cool people do. Yeah. Maybe the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. But his shoot was fun. I, uh, oh, I, yeah, Zach I, was there. I got, I got there early. <laughs> I, I got there early to help him set up, but like. I can't really stand on my leg too much without a crutch, so I brought both crutches. And when I had to be an extra in it, I used the crutches to be a rowdy spectator. And but they ended up, but I ended up choosing to wear a big panda hat or head. Dude, so. tell me, you, tell me, you cut him from it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't edited it yet. Thank you for coming down and being in crutches. Bad news, you didn't make the cut. <laughs> oh. Oh, like the like the. It just wasn't serving the story. We had, <laughs> I'm like the cri- I'm like the crippled uh, robot kid on Futurama. <laughs> oh, oh, Tinny Tim. Yeah. 
Hey, it's also Henry's birthday today. Yeah. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Henry. That's all. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the Katy Perry birthday song. Oh man, <laughs> she has her own birthday song. She does have a song called Birthday. Happy, happy birthday. It's like a disco song. It's fun. From all our friends to you. Did I tell you I watched a Katy Perry documentary? No. This is what we've been watching this week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. That's called Transition, boys. Is it done? Uh, it's called a segue, but sure. Transition, segue, same thing. Jump cut. J-cut. Ooh. That's how they say it on the streets. Star wipe. No, that doesn't work. Zach, what'd you watch this week besides uh, Jungle to Jungle? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> um, we watched Christmas Vacation with the new family. That was fun. Um, still a good film. What else can you say? Um, I uh, saw Jim and Andy, the Netflix documentary on uh, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman for the movie Man on the Moon. Oh, yeah. I've been watching that. Yeah. Um, it's it's amazing. But I I... I I, I will say all I can say is is that if when you watch it you're either gonna wa- walk out of that film loving or hating Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's no middle ground for that. You either think he did a good job or not. No 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 it's 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 what is re- I don't even want to spoil it because yeah. like what is revealed in that documentary is like is very powerful but at the same time like very disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's a great documentary. It's like it's one of the best making of a movie films I've ever seen. Um, it was wonderful. Um, I uh, saw the score documentary um, that you saw last week. Yeah, the music I, one. Yeah, that was really good. I love the yeah. beginning of it where they're uh, getting that piano effect by hooking those wires um, up to an old piano and bringing it across an entire like I think it's like a two lane street. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, um, and then they had great interviews. The Danny Elfman bit was great. Like I, yeah. the John Williams one is good, but I know John Williams is great. Right, exactly. The John Williams one is like, here's 20 minutes that we have to dedicate to John Williams because we have to, but other people have done it better, and you already know some of this, but still. But the end. But there's also some cool little behind the scenes footage that I don't think I had ever seen before. Yeah, and then um, uh, the Trent Reznor bit, like it, it's small, yes. but it's really good because like yeah. that, that's an important like section of the documentary that i was hoping they discussed and thankfully they did yeah it's a decent overview of film score like it's not if you're somebody like me who's been you know buying film scores since he was six you know most likely you know some stuff but you know um, but it's it's entertaining for sure so right so um uh i also um uh watched dead men don't wear plaid again which uh might be my I mean I love the jerk but I think Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid might be my favorite Steve Martin movie um cool. directed by Carl Reiner. Um if anybody doesn't know what it is it's it's a noir film with Steve Martin but it in order to like there's only like four actual like current actors in the film and then the rest of the film is interspliced with interactions of old Hollywood actors from their movies. So they took clips from their movies and made it look like Steve Martin was talking to them yeah. within the context of the scene. Um, it's really funny. Like the, the opening's great. Like where he's like, uh, um, it, it, it's just another lazy day at the office. I had a hangover and I resorted to reading old newspapers. Right. <laughs> um, or like, uh, I hadn't seen a body on her since the case of the mutilated big breasted woman. <laughs> like it's, it's so fucking funny. I love, and I love Carl Reiner's, uh, uh, role in it um, where he's the butler, but he has uh, a secret, guys. Um, and it's beautifully shot. Like, Reiner, Reiner's a kick-ass director. Like, he knows how to, like, he, what's amazing is, like, the old footage meshes pretty well with the, the footage he shoots in the 80s. Um, unless it's, like, an old, a really older film where they didn't really clean anything up. So, 
Um, I'd check out Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid if you hadn't seen it. It's really good. Um, uh, And then um, the last thing that I saw this week, James. What? The Gangster's Back, because I saw Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Fuck yeah! So, quick quick backstory. I got a copy of it for $1.74 on Blu-ray at work because somebody... Uh, no, no, you underpaid, sir. Wait, wait, I, wait. I expect you to send Vin Diesel <laughs> at least ten twenty-five. I, I think I might be sending him like I, I'm trying to figure out the exact math. But I think it's like what eleven twenty-five, just yeah. the max. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, whatever 13, the price of a movie ticket minus a dollar. Okay, so I had a lot of fun with this film. It's not a good film. Oh no, <laughs> it's, it's 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 a, a fucking amazing. Film. It's 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 the most. It's probably one of the most entertaining. Uh stupid this year yeah Yeah, yes it did in january which is why i was surprised that it got donated to my work um but it's it's i liked you know what you know what i i told you about this in the car and i stand by it like i i don't like you just you just broke the illusion that we hadn't already (laughs) talked about this some we were doing great i know everybody home was like but but (laughs) i'm trying to remember my point was just like i don't like vin diesel in the fast and furious movies he's very i finally figured out why he he's so depressed. He looks like he's either having an irritating shit or he's about to cry for a stupid reason. Yeah. And Triple X in in the Return of Xander Cage, he's having so much fun that he's I was like, you know what? Fun. You may be unbearable as fuck sometimes, but I love that you're having fun giving yourself a big old hand job on the big screen that cost eighty five million dollars. Can we just talk about that first ten minutes where he saves the internet or where he saves oh, cab- he brings, saves cable for a small village? You no, know, he he hacks cable and he gives free soccer to children because yeah. they can't pay a cable bill. But it's this really fun like. You know, ridiculous action scene where he's skiing through the jungle, yeah, he and then he he skateboards down that hill, and he's like, "There's the old guy," and he's like, "Thumbs up in people," and people are waving at him, and he's having a great time. You're but like, it's how did th- this is awesome? But it's how did this get made? Point out, it's not him skateboarding. Let's be no, honest. I don't give a shit. It's Xander Cage skateboarding. They mapped his face. It is That's not. Just... It is not Vin Diesel, but it is Xander Cage. But like, so it, it's it's it, and it tries to be self aware half the time, and like, and I'm just like not impressed by that but like i don't really care at the same time like i'm yeah. too i'm too wrapped up in the stupidity of it like it, but again like it's it's fun stupid it's not unbearable like oh it's very i don't bearable. think ryan would like it but unless he got it for free on netflix or something if like you put that. yourself in the mindset of i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch a resident evil film or even to the point of i'm gonna watch i would almost say it is it is almost fun like a Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. It's not quite as good. Like, that movie knows what it is more than this one does. Um, but this one is also very... How about that point... I mean, spoilers for Xander Cage, Triple no X, The to, Return to, to of, do that of alert for More this movie. X's. <laughs> um, but how about that part where Ice-T shows up with a rocket... With a grenade Ice Cube. Launcher? <laughs> I, I, Ice Cube shows up. Ice-T would be good, too. Ice Cube shows up with a grenade launcher on a second story. Uh, clearly, probably sh- cut in. Oh, that was and... the weirdest one-liner ever. Rock, paper, grenade launcher. Oh my god! How about the fact that he has one of his henchmen? One of Triple X's henchmen is just a DJ. That's oh, yeah, his, yeah. his Every... superpower. Is he plays dope music? I mean, he's also got a stunt driver, but he's always good at his crashing and wearing his rub- rugby mouth guard. Yeah, Ruby Rose is the only capable person on that team, and she doesn't do much. Oh, I love. Her she does bit. have that. There's a great scene, bit like when we introduce her character. She uh, is. You think she's gonna snipe a tiger 
or, yes. or a lion in the safari, but instead she turns to these three poachers, two men and one woman. They all look like affluent white people, and she just hunts them down. And it's like it's a message, guys: don't poach animals. Yeah, um, well, because Triple X is a man with heart. <laughs> yeah, he has a mission exactly. to save the world exactly so, from people. It's it, but it's like it's it's oh god, it's. It's I'm, terrible. I'm glad I have it because if I really need to watch something that dumb again, I will easily pop it on. But I mean, like, and it, yeah, it was it was entertaining. I will admit, you were right. But I'm kind of glad I didn't waste my time like carving out a moment in my life to see it in the theater. But I'm glad I just was able to watch it when I wanted to. Is is the last action scene in the plane where they're flying around? Is that worth having seen? Up until the explosion at the end, yes. Which is too, which is just a bad CG, bad yeah. composite. But yes, like that it's whole a cool, it's that a, whole zero G fight where Donnie Yen is like jumping around and shooting people or whoever, whatever. Yeah, is. yeah. Oh, and Tony um, Jaw's fun in this film too. And yes. I, I haven't watched a Tony Jaw film in a while, so maybe yeah. I want to watch some. He's ridiculous. Ong Bak and stuff. So yeah, but, um, yeah. I I mean, if you've got the same if you've got the same circumstances I did, where it's a dollar seventy four, or it's <laughs> twelve, pick it up. Yeah, you know, but like. Yeah, um, I just yeah. So that's all I watched this week. <laughs> cool, good job. Yeah, cool. Brad, uh, no, yeah, not a lot this week. I've been playing Super Mario Odyssey, which nothing wrong with that. Some of those moons yeah. are a pain in the ass. <laughs> Fucking AR. Yeah. I I only just a couple days ago found out like the map screen that says what the like moon, the ones you like the, you have the oh. chance of getting are. Yeah, I was just blindly going and then trying to figure out like how do you know how many. Like usually they have a title that do, describes yeah. what, like mm-hmm. what, how you're supposed to do it, and then we well, can pay Captain Toe too. He'll tell you where some more are. Yeah, yeah. I'm, but I'm at a point like too where he's like, I can't give you any more hints, and mm-hmm. there's still yeah. like 20 of them to figure out. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've got pretty good at uh, so the sand level. I think there's something like 58 in it, and I would just run around and like I'm like, oh, I haven't been over there, and I just like jump up there. And, oh, there's a moon over there. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is like every boss gives you like three moons. And what you very quickly realize is, like, the boss moons don't matter. Like, yeah, yeah you need them, but there's so many more moons in the world that, like, three moons from a boss I think is 880 nothing. is what I heard. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little past 400 now. I trip over, like, a moon, like, everywhere. Oh, yeah. I'm just constantly finding moons. Yeah. Um, I finished the Punisher series. Oh, cool. Um, Might be, like, three episodes too long, and Frank Castle gets shot and stabbed in, like, every episode. Yeah, so it's a wonder he has any blood left. <laughs> um, but it's pretty, pretty awesome. He lives so. dangerously. Cool, and he got a blood bank in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sweet. Um, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it, it's brutal. I keep on meaning to fuck. Yeah, I keep on forgetting it gets out. There's also this new uh, western called Godless. I really want to. Yes, see me too. Netflix. My dad and I started watching it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check out the Punisher. It, it's a little repetitive because yeah, like I said, <laughs> he's constantly. He just keeps punishing people. Well, he punishes people, but he he also like takes a ton of abuse. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, night. But oh, there's this. There's so they're set. Uh, Jigsaw, the villain from Punisher mm-hmm. Warzone, <laughs> they set him up, and it's pretty badass. Like he's fighting this, uh, like the main villain, uh, which I don't want to spoil who it is. But they're fighting on this. Uh, uh, what's the with the horses that spins around carousel? carousel. Mm, yeah. Uh, like the mirrors on the carousel. Uh, like he pushes. Like he's pretty much defeated the villain. And he pushes him into like into the mirror and it breaks. And he just picks up the guy's face and just rakes his face across the broken glass <laughs> nice. and everything. And then flips him over and then does it again to the other side. And then nice. yeah, by the end of the episode, he's got the bandages on. You're like, that guy's gonna be Jigsaw. Awesome. Oh man. Yeah. Nice. Um what else well, I watch? Except he probably won't 
because there won't be any more of those shows. It's like yeah, it'll be on the Disney. It'll be on the Disney one. Disney Direct. Well, I don't. It might be too violent for the Disney. Network. Well, yeah. I'm, what I'm curious about is whether or not Disney is going to like. Are they just going to reboot those shows? Please don't. Oh. I don't know. That's a good question. Or just re- reboot the bad ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> reboot Iron Fist, Defenders, and Luke Cage, and then don't reboot the other ones. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, try, I lost track of what else I watched. I know I, I wrote over Thanksgiving. I rewatched uh, the first episode of Breaking Bad, and Breaking Bad. I, I was blown away like how much story is crammed into that one episode like it feels like a two-hour movie in just 45 minutes i think 50 minutes um pretty impressive uh shit what was the main thing i I forgot to write it down i don't usually have a whole phone list oh i I watched the jim and andy thing oh yeah oh cool which yeah it's just uh the only interview is uh jim carrey yeah uh, splice with B-roll of his antics on set for Man on the Moon. Antics is a good word for it. Yeah, of, of forcing everyone to refer to him as Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Um, I yeah. That method acting was weird. Like how Daniel Day-Lewis does it. Like well, this gives re- you a little peek behind the curtain on that one. Like yeah. I kind of respect it, like the dictation, but at the same time, like I feel like it's, it's times it's going too far. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it gets obnoxious. Oh, yeah. Because there's times where he's like genuinely trying to start fights with people backstage, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, you're now detrimental to the film. Yeah, um, the Jerry Lawler stuff is. Yeah, yeah the Jerry Lawler stuff is. Yeah, too far, yeah. Um, getting full on slapped and then basically recreating the actual event from right years and years ago. And what's amazing is this footage still exists because he's 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 held it in his own estate, but like Universal wouldn't release it for the longest time because they didn't want him. Make like an Jim, asshole. Yeah, they didn't want Jim Carrey to be looked at as an asshole. So yeah, so yeah, and then it's just weird hearing him talk about his. I don't know. He's like at a place where he's in this existential realm of his own mm-hmm. consciousness. And, um, yeah, he's weird. He's the Zen guy. It's interesting mm-hmm. to, to see like him literally at that time in character talking about Jim Carrey, and you're like, this is weird, you know. Um but it's it's yeah yeah it's it's really interesting. I'm yeah. excited to finish it. I I sort of got tired halfway through and stopped watching it. But I'll yeah, watch, I'll I probably was, finish it tonight. I thought it's interesting, but it wasn't like compelling. Yeah, because again, it's just like here's a bunch of stuff that happened, and here's the footage that went along with it, and that's it. Oh. It's kind of look consumable. how weird it is. <laughs> yeah, I think we watched the movie differently because I couldn't stop watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I stopped at one point too and got back on. I was like, I want to know how far this fucking goes. <laughs> that's it for me. Cool, James. Uh, just a couple of things. Um, I got a chance to watch The House, which is the Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler movie yeah, where it's fun. they make a casino. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, I, I mean, love you know, that Jeremy Renner's in it for like two minutes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that was one of the surprises that I always think it's weird when you're going to have a cool cameo like that and then you sort of spoil it for the audience by showing them a picture of the guy earlier on. Well, like there's, also, a, there's like a news clipping where it's like, this guy's the bad guy. And you're like, oh, that's that's Jeremy Renner on a newspaper. So I got like, it at Best Buy because it's seven ninety nine a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And he's like on the back cover. Oh, what? So I was like, oh, he's like the bad guy in it. And then he doesn't show up till. Did it not do it? very well? Were they like mm-hmm. trying to, I don't know. I think like 30 million or something. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, that's really bad. Yeah. How's Manzoukas in the film? He's awesome. Oh, J- Jason Manzoukas is the reason to watch it. Nice. Uh, Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler are tolerable. Uh, like they're funny, but they're not like the reason you're watching it. The truth is, you're watching it hoping Jason Mazzucas will show up again. Um, they're like, it's bizarre. A, a similar scene in like, um, 
uh, horrible bosses would make me just you know break out laughing. Whereas here, I'm like, well, it's, it's fine. The, the scene with the like the first time where they're like mm-hmm. yelling at each other, where they're trying to figure out they like they catch a guy who's who's uh, counting cards. Uh, in their new casino and so they're like we got to intimidate this guy and like maybe rough him up some so that people know they can't do this to us and so they take him in there and they it just keeps escalating because they don't actually know what to do until they like accidentally (laughs) chop his finger off off. um and it's it's funny but for some reason like with i don't know i i just ended up not not finding it as hilarious as i i feel like that exact same trailer yeah but i just feel like that's oh that's true yeah, but it's funny so when he goes around being the butcher, though. That part, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Um, I mean, it's it's great. It's definitely worth checking out. Um, I can kind of see why it sort of flew under the under the radar. It's definitely not like a comedic gem. Yeah, it's just sort of a like by numbers. Because mm-hmm. even when they try to make it like a heartfelt, like oh, they all they did it for their kids. They're like, yeah, okay, we're just we're moving on. This is all about the laughs and the Jason Manzukas. Every the <laughs> the whole thing with the safes. Where like every time he just hits the wall and the whole <laughs> yeah. the whole painting falls off the wall is pretty good, um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I've been watching. I'm about halfway through a show on Netflix called American Scandal or no, sorry, American Vandal. That's <laughs> um, ridiculous. Ha- have you been half, watching? I'm it? about halfway through too. Okay, so did you start it not knowing what it was? No, I knew what it was because I remember oh. watching a trailer for it. Thought it was really funny. So uh, I started it not knowing what it was. I just like <laughs> saw it and was like, "Hey, that looks like the kinds of things I like. I'll start this." And so it took about five minutes before I was like, "Oh, this is a joke." This whole and so the only reason I keep watching it is I'm waiting for the joke to not be funny anymore. It's, so, like for those I, who don't know, it's it's a take on Netflix's. So they're really popular making a murderer. Uh, it's a true the, the, crime. The keepers. Ser- yeah, true crime. Or even crime. like serial or like even the, the graphic design and the way they talk and the way they approach like a crime is yeah. all that same sort of true crime methodology. But it's about a, a like the class clown who uh, he's accused of spray painting 27 dicks on cars in a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And on so like they're so the they, teacher parking so lot. So they keep on interviewing everyone in the school. <laughs> And there's a the, like the witness who saw him do it. it. They think he's lying about getting a hand job by one of the girls yeah. at summer camp, and it's it's really it's ridiculous. Taking, it's, but it's taking funny. all that like you know high school drama and layer it, layering it on top of that archetype of a show, uh, and so it's like it's it's supposed to be shot and directed by like one of the kids who's in the um the like, like the eighty club, club video yeah. club sort of thing. Uh, it's actually pretty funny. I'm thoroughly enjoying my way through it. Uh, I watch like one or two every couple of days. Um, so I'll probably be done in a week or two. Uh, it's ridiculous. I just noticed that the final episode is called climax. So there you go. <laughs> um, to the point. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's really good. So, uh, the very last thing was I got a chance to watch the book of Henry uh, which is the Colin Trevorrow film from this year? Henry Jarvis's biopic. <laughs> Henry, no, no. Well, at least let's hope not. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, this is the like, I don't know. I would almost want to say universally critically panned film um, from this year. That it's about a boy who is. I'll give you like a their pitch on the movie, which is it's about a boy who is like a wicked smart genius. Um, and sort of manages, like, he manages his mom's finances, and, like, you know, he just really has everything together, 
and he sees all these clues everywhere and he's he's you know he's very smart uh his mom is naomi watts and then he suddenly gets like he starts noticing that the next door neighbor is uh the next door neighbor girl is getting abused by her stepfather so he's like trying to figure out like what does he have to do to make this stop and right about then he suddenly gets a brain tumor and dies um and then he leaves a book for his mom explaining to his mom how she should go about murdering their next door neighbor to save this little girl from abuse. Uh, so, um, Henry write and direct it. Uh, no, the writer is uh, Greg Hurwitz, um, which is a name I remember, but we'll look up here in a second. Um, so, uh, oh man, the perfect crime. Greg Hurwitz did like the TV show V, uh-huh. and that's it. So never mind. Um, so he, there's a few problems. One, Henry's obnoxious. Uh, like he's he's constantly correcting people in a way that's supposed to make you feel like, oh man, he's just so wicked smart. He's really just an asshole. Like you don't like Henry. You're kind of glad when he dies. His brother's great. Like his brother's adorable. He's this regular little kid. He's played by the kid from the room. Uh, so his performance is amazing. So when when Henry dies, like. His brother is really sad. Wait, the room or room? Dan- Danny? <laughs> sorry. No. Well, no. Sorry. He's played uh, Jacob Tremblay, uh, who is the kid from Room oh, with Brie Larson. There you go. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> oh, hi, Danny. <laughs> hi, Danny. Are we going to go kill our neighbor? <laughs> uh, yeah. So then he watches Tommy. Oh, no. Danny died. Yeah. <laughs> no, Henry does. Anyway, uh, um, oh, hi, Henry. so Sorry. he's really great. Like that kid is adorable and he's trying to get over his brother's death. Oh, his, die, mom, Henry. his mom, nowhere. It's all gone now. <laughs> anyway, he's um, trying to get over his brother's death. Yeah. Like he's trying to get over his brother's death. His mom, nowhere to be seen because she's buying sniper rifles and high caliber ammo in order to kill uh, the dude from Breaking Bad, like the cop from Breaking Bad. Um, oh, Hank. Hank, yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, this movie is a tonal disaster. Uh, I saw somebody who made the argument that this movie would be better if it was directed by Wes Anderson, and I 100% agree with it because, like, this film has that level of, like, surrealist whimsy that you get in a Wes Anderson movie where, like, the kids are all smarter than the adults and... There are silly plot lines, and there's these things where kid, like people are trying to do wacky things, um, and and get their own weird justice, and it's okay. Um, or or there's like silly violence, but this will like literally. There's a scene like the 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 climax of the movie takes place sort of during a talent show at the at the school, um, where the little boy who's the only decent character in the whole film is going to do a magic trick to try and bring his brother back to life, which actually does pay off and is a good scene. Um, he, uh, well, well, like that sequence starts with like this other random kid that you saw once earlier in the movie. He like comes out and does this full random f- like freestyle rap and it's super awkward and like supposed to be cute and funny as if we were watching about a boy. And then the kid like, you know, reaches his mic out and drops the mic because he thinks he did such a great job and everybody cheers. And you cut from that to Hank from Breaking Bad, the guy who's been raping his daughter, like sneaking out a door and Naomi Watts like setting up her sniper rifle. And you're like, what the fuck movie is this? Like, I don't know. And I don't agree with what she's doing. Like, 
you also don't understand why like the whole movie relies on this idea that that this guy's brother <laughs> is like in charge of the internal uh whatever that is supposed to look into this and so you know henry and and now henry's mom no matter how many times they go to the government they can't get anybody to look into this guy like none of it seems plausible um it's just it's a movie that probably seemed okay on paper and then in execution you get this like very bizarre movie that is way too self-serious um and doesn't make any sense it's very bizarre. It's not necessarily the worst movie I've seen this year. I would say I liked Life a lot less. Uh, like, Life is way less watchable than this. Uh, this is just, like, silly and and at times a little offensive. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's what I've watched this week. Don't see Book of Henry. <laughs> see <clears throat> Oh, Die, Denny. Yeah. <laughs> I only watched a few things this week, too. Uh, I, I watched uh, the Katy Perry documentary, Part of Me. Um, it's interesting because it's, I always like documentaries that are revealing to someone. And this was actually filmed while she, and, uh, this is an older one, right? Yeah. What's so funny? This one at theaters. Nothing. Never mind. Um, it was filmed while she was just, uh, about midway through her marriage with Russell Brand and towards the end of the tour, they're getting a divorce. And, uh, so she's pretty fun and she's pretty like, uh, goofy, and then as about three quarters of the movie, it takes a really serious turn where um, she he texts her like a picture of a McDonald's that has their anniversary on it. And he I guess he's, he says in the text that we should name our firstborn Ronald. And then she has this moment where she's like, I'm not ready to have kids look on her face mm. because she literally just blew up at that point. Because I think like that, I, I forget. Or the, so her first album was like with I Kissed a Girl, which is a big hit. Mm-hmm. But then her second one had five number one singles on it, and that's the tour that they're following. Sure. And so she kind of texts, like she and she doesn't really spun. She kind of says she hasn't thought about kids. And you can tell she's not ready at all. Um, and then they cut to it. So she has these meet and greets with people. And then they have this one that is about 10 minutes later. She's like lying on a chair. And they're like, hey, you want to go see your fans or do you want us to cancel it? And she's like, no, no, I'll go see them. I, I need to. And she's all de- like crying she gets up puts on her stuff goes out there's all nice to her fans comes back and then her next show i think was in um brazil and the there's like a text message like divorce like is really like cold-blooded and she's like bawling her she's like obviously she's devastated she's lying on her in her dressing room wait like russell yeah and so she's uh so she's crying and she's obviously inconsolable and her managers are coming. It's like, are we calling off the show? What are you doing? You know, it's, it, she's, they said, it's up to you. We understand if you don't want to do this show. And her people are like, we've never seen her cry before. And, uh, and she's, it's like about three or four minutes. This really awkwardness where her people are there wondering if they should cancel the show. She's crying. And it's just like the camera's just stuck on her. Mm-hmm. And then she looks at her makeup person. She says, let's go. And so they start putting makeup on her and she's still crying. She's like uh, going out to the, the stage where she gets lifted up and she like can't walk. She's like devastated and she stands up on the, uh, the platform that brings her up and they're like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's still like bawling her eyes out. And then she like snaps and she like gets in a pose and then she goes up there and starts performing. And she, she does a, a song. It's called the one that got away. 
and she goes out there and she starts singing. She just starts crying. It's it's pretty like moving stuff. You're like, oh, that's pretty hardcore. The rest cool. of the documentary is whatever, but yeah, I remember, got, this, I remember this being in the theater. Like yeah. when I was still working there. I think it made like 30 million bucks. It's pretty good for a concert film. I remember oh. seeing like the first 15 minutes of yeah, this. Like it talks about her like her being like a church. Like yeah, a church so her dad is a really big uh, minister, mm-hmm. like a traveling minister. Um, I mean, I don't know anything about her. Yeah. Um, the only thing is like they try to make it like she struggled through life. And it was like five years of living in L.A. before she hit it big. I'm like, that's really not struggling. Like that's expedient. <laughs> yeah, like, like <laughs> five years of being on the Warped tour, opening for someone, and yeah. then she hit it big. We've been doing this podcast podcast for six years. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. Yeah, the needle hasn't really moved. Here nope. we come. Uh, so it's it's fine if you're a fan of hers. It's good. I, I don't know if you're not a fan of hers. If you like it, I mean, if you like the revealing stuff, it's not too much. It's more of her performing and um i appreciate a good story yeah so i mean it's it's fascinating if you want you can borrow it i got it at amazon warehouse deals for a dollar like 79 or something there you and go. it came in and like the case was all fucked up i'm like oh just don't let the uh, disc be scratched and the disc was fine so <laughs> um also too i was fucking around on amazon and one of my favorite horror remakes is night of the living dead by tom savini and it's uh, it was on Twilight Time, and they only made three thousand of them because Twilight Time is really like limited, mm-hmm. and it sold out before the pre-orders were even done. Um, and there was uh, a big uh, brouhaha because they recolor timed it and they added a blue tint to it, and Ooh. which was supposedly approved by Savini, um, but people were up in arms like you know you really like you, you, through the whole movie a blue tint. So really kind of weird. Um, if I remember correctly, that's not how that film was. No, looked. not at all. Uh, and I'll It's sh- been a while since I've seen the Savini one. So. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. So I just messed around on Amazon, and there's a, an a Australian Blu-ray company called Umbrella, and they had the rights to it. And I was just like, oh, I mean, I just always read them. Like, there's no way it's going to work. And then I read that it was all regions. So it was like 15 bucks, and I got it, and... So this one's not been color corrected mm. and it also has new special features on it. So it's a really great Blu-ray. Uh, I actually think it's, uh, it's really, it's a great movie because it's written by Romero and Romero picked Savini to direct it. Um, so it starts pretty much the same, except it's a little more intense. And then it changes the character of Barbara from like comatose to she's kind of like an action hero. Mm-hmm. And um, so she's like the tough one. Her and Ben. Right. Like ben is still a great character played by the great Tony. But Todd. she gets a lot more to do. I, if exactly. I, yeah. I'm uh, remembering now. Yeah. So it, it's pretty great. I, I tell everybody, if you want to see a really good zombie movie, that's kind of under the radar. That's a great one to see because it hits pretty much the same beats, but twists them just enough. Um, and so the special features, they have an interview with that actress, which I've never seen or do anything else, but she's actually been around a while, and she's in a couple things that I didn't know she was in. She's in Army of Darkness. Um, she's the uh, um, the she-bitch when he fights her. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so when they were doing the interview with her, they're showing scenes from the movie that were that had the blue tint to it, and it is pretty jarring. I'm like, whoa. Uh, like, even, like, the so at the beginning of the film, it takes place during the day, and when there's a blue, like, hue to it, it looks really weird. Uh, so I can see why people are up in arms. So yeah, you can get it on Amazon. It's like fifteen bucks, and uh, it's worth it if you if you're interested in the movie. Um, I say check it out. 
Uh, Silly little sideline on that, though. When I was at the library when I was a kid looking for Night of the Living Dead movies, mm-hmm. I was trying to find that one and accidentally picked up Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> uh, hey, that's a great <laughs> was, movie, too. It was a great mistake, but... You did, yeah. you did fine. <laughs> you did fine. Um, I also uh, watched The Philadelphia Story. I don't know if anybody's seen that. It's... Yes. That's a great movie. Um, it's the first time I've ever seen it. I, Jimmy Star. <laughs> I, 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 so uh, Barnes and Noble on Black Friday sent out an extra twenty five percent off coupon. So I went to um, the Barnes and Noble in Littleton and I picked it up. And so the Criterion's already fifty percent off. I'm like, there's no way they're going to let me do this because I also have a I use my mother in law's membership, so I'm getting it for eighty five percent off. So I'm like, I'm just going to put it up. I'm not going to say anything. So I said, hey, I have a thing, and I have this coupon. I'm like, oh, okay. It cost me $9. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was like, okay, yeah. And I'm like taking like, she's not going to say anything. She's not going to say anything. (laughs) Um, And so I I left, and I watched it. And uh, if you don't know, a Philadelphia story is kind of a – it's a look at the life of extremely rich people and told – it's a really quick movie – Sometimes you don't pick up the comedy. I actually watched it twice because the dialogue is so quick and snappy. Um, and it's it's amazing. Uh, it, you know, and times have changed so much. It's 1939, 1940. I think the 38, 39. Yeah. So uh, in it, uh, Jimmy Stewart plays a newspaper man, and he's with a photographer. And Audrey Hepburn is a spoiled... Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn, yep. thank you. Catherine Hepburn is a spoiled rich girl. And uh, Cary Grant is her ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. and they're supposed to get married. And on the day they get married, so the film opens with her him pushing her on the face and like threatening to punch her. And through, there's a running joke with her little uh, sisters, like you 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 punched her. What was that like? And like she deserved it because she's such a bitch. I'm like wow, times have really changed. Because she's a dizzy dame. That's why. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Cary Grant's amazing in it. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Stewart, who won his only, won his only Oscar for that film, mm. is awesome in it. Uh, and I love both him and Cary Grant have a really cool career trajectory where they star in these like kind of romantic comedies in the 30s and 40s. And then they both morph into like Hitchcock's guys. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean, they go on to be in like Vertigo and, you know, Rear Window and things like that, which are great films. Fun little thing about Philadelphia story. It's actually loosely, loosely based officially on uh, Catherine Hepburn's family life when mm-hmm. she was living in Connecticut with her family. Um, like it. I'll I'll tell you about it more off mic, but like it's just she got the rights. She did it on Broadway, yeah. And then she got the rights. A, I watched the documentary; on it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, she bought the rights to her to that story so that uh, Louis B. I think it's Louis B. Mayer would have no choice but to work well, with her because she was box office poison. Yeah, the time. it's a really interesting documentary because she had three box office failures in a row. Uh, and two of the movies are pretty well received. Uh, Bringing a baby, I think, is one of yeah, them. Yeah, the one with the, the leopard. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I forget the other two, but then, yeah, uh, they labeled her as box off poison. No one wanted her. So she bought the rights. She said, I'm going to star in it. And these two guys are going to star with me. And, uh, it worked really well. Yep. And, and she the, wanted Spencer Tracy initially, but she didn't yeah. get him Yep. until the next one, guys, the next one. <laughs> uh, and I got that one too, a, a couple weeks ago, one of the year. Yeah. Um, that's a good one too. Uh, then the last thing I watched is I went to, uh, I go to my comic store and I've been collecting Satana comics. And Andrew pulled out this one comic for me. It's called Sledgehammer. I'm like, what the fuck is Sledgehammer? And in the corner, it's like, guess during Satana? Question mark. And it's based on a TV show. And it's this like TV show that's kind of like the Naked Gun, uh, where it's like slapstick comedy taking place in the 80s. And it 
plays on all the like it's basically of Dirty Harry. So huh. Sludge ha- Sledgehammer is this investigator who is does, solves all those problems with violence. And so like oh, he has like a Garnicle. <laughs> yeah, so he has a bumper sticker on the back of his car that says I heart violence. <laughs> and I mean just to show you how loony the show is, it's the pilot episode and he's going because he's on he's suspended and he's like shooting his gu- his gun in his apartment and everyone's like shut up down there and he's <laughs> shooting his gun. And so as, there's a comic book. So there's a comic book based on the TV show. And so the TV show I watched because I got the comic book. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't get anything. So clear. you found it on Amazon. So yes, okay. actually Walmart for ten bucks the complete series. Oh. Um, <laughs> so uh, image DVD, so they're pretty great. Um, but anyways, so at, in the it's a, I think it's the pilot, maybe the second episode. He's driving to work, and there's a sniper on top of a building. And so the the other cops are like huddled behind, and he pulls up in his car. And he's like, "I got this." He opens up his trunk and grabs a bazooka. And walks up and shoots the whole building down instead of just killing the guy. <laughs> and he's like, you're welcome. <laughs> it's stupid shit like that through every episode. And if you like Dirty Harry and things like that, it's a pretty clever take on oh, it. Oh, shit. I'm on board, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I only got it because the comic book. And the comic book's tagline is the show that won't die. Because <laughs> it's really well received. But it they didn't think it was going to be there's be a second season. I was just reading about it. And so they made a second season. There's only two. Um, was yeah, it I'd American see, TV or? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, it's on ABC from I think eighty four to eighty six. Oh, and even like the the chief is like the black guy who always yells at everybody. It's like it remind me of a you know, last action hero because he'd be sledgehammer and he'd have to go into his office and it's funny. <laughs> and, he, and sledgehammer talks to his gun, so he'll be like, <laughs> "It's like yeah, we'll get him, baby." Who are you talking to, sledgehammer? Uh, no one. <laughs> it's really stupid, but it's pretty amazing. Love it. I love this. Yeah, and I, I ended up why I just happened to see it at Walmart, but I remember watching it. There's a trailer on IMDb, and he walks in, and uh, the lady asks, uh, "Do you have fun on your fishing trip?" He's like, "Yeah, I caught a lot of them." He holds up the fish, and they all have bullet holes in them. So he <laughs> shot. It's like so dumb, but it's. Amazing, uh, and that's what I watched this week. So a couple weeks ago, you said you watched Mr. Bean, but you never. Oh, that's right. Up yeah, on that. yeah. So I watched uh, like ten. Is there ten episodes of it? I think it's ten. Yeah, that's not a lot. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I don't know. Like it's not like super laugh out loud funny, but it's a show that's continuously entertaining, mm-hmm. and he's just it's fun. It's like the it's like you can watch on Amazon Prime because um, it's one of those shows I didn't know if I would like. Uh, but I know you always talk so highly about us. It. You know what? It's for free. I might as well just download it and watch it. And uh, I watch, I think, five episodes in one day because I download and I went to bed. I was like, oh, I'll just put on the pilot and watch it. And I'm like, meh, meh. <laughs> They're all like <laughs> um, just smart comedy errors type. Yeah, exactly. Like some, one, one of the most brilliant ones is the one starts off. He, he like decides to go to the beach or something. Mm-hmm. So he... Uh, starts at the top of this, I don't know, staircase, and then he has to like go down this long yeah, staircase yeah. that takes a while, and then he finally gets to the bottom, and he, uh, I think he expects to be, like uh, swim alone, mm-hmm. but then there's this other guy in a lawn chair, like right next to oh, the shore. Oh, what is? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Like one. chilling out, and then he like he hasn't changed into his bathing suit yet, so he's constantly trying to find a way to like change without like exposing himself. Yeah, and then um, like he goes through this whole ordeal. Only to uh, finally like finish changing, and then 
the guy in the lawn chair stands up and it turns out he's blind. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That, see, <laughs> and what then I, walks away. What I love about that show too is Rowan Atkinson's such like a great physical comedian. Mm-hmm. Is he doesn't even need to say anything and he conveys with his actions and his face everything that needs to be said in um in the in the skits. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think each, each episode's like twenty six minutes or so, but yeah. it, it's just like broken up to him just being goofy. Um, Another great one is where he's like waiting at the doctor's office or something, I think, and then he mm-hmm. gets like he has to take a number. And then he keeps trying to like sabotage everyone and like switch out his ticket number with other people and like move ahead in the line. Like, yeah, it, they're hard to explain, um, but they're really funny and clever. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where you always talked about is like that looks stupid, but then you watch <laughs> it and you're like this is pretty funny. Yeah, like, like I said, you don't like laugh like crazy funny, but the whole time you're entertained and like laughing there's a smile on your face. yeah there's a smile on your face so i definitely and it's on amazon prime the first season i don't know if there was more than that um i don't know uh i think that's the only one that's available on prime oh i guess i just quickly mentioned too i'm almost watching veep right now which is amazing really if, uh yeah it's uh it's, it's it basically takes what you think about uh like washington like uh they make a big deal out of what frozen yogurt flavor she's gonna try <laughs> and there's there's a uh to call them like eat this kind or eat this kind um and she's uh, always getting in trouble she called uh the oil companies like retards and so then the next day she has to have a meeting with um like the americans with disabilities people and so he's in her office and she comes out she's like oh yeah you're having a bad day well i'm busy talking talking to this fucktard in here and it's it's just really funny and how they over uh blow everything i just watched an episode where are her and the first lady having a <laughs> like a a spat over who looks better it's and it just reminds you of like stupid politics and how dumb it is and uh there's like the dude who works in the white house who thinks he's better than everybody else it's really funny cool um it's on amazon prime too but yeah mr bean's great if you should check it out um i'll probably end up getting it if it, do they even make the blu-rays or dvds no, there's a dvd collector set there's even an animated series which i've never seen huh because it's fun mm-hmm. but you know amazon prime and netflix they take things off all the time so i don't know how long it'll be on there um, yeah, Brad, what's happening around town? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Uh, this Sunday is Akira. December 3rd. Yeah. Is, uh, the Colorado Mile, or Mile High Mox and Docks Festival at the Bug Theater. Um... There's going to be a bunch of mockumentaries and documentaries, so come check that out. Cool. At probably 7 or 8. No, wait. It's an all-day thing. It's like noon to... No, wait. It's eight. all day. <laughs> uh, I was unprepared for this. Um, it's whenever Alex wants to switch back on the power. It's a bunch of different blocks, so you can come from like 12 to 2, probably, and probably like 4 to 6. Just show up at the Buck Theater, the and you'll theater be good to go. 1130, yeah. and then you'll know everything. Check online Yep. for details. Uh, and then, yeah, it's Akira. For all we know, Brett has the date wrong. Yeah, it's Akira. It's the yeah, Midnight it's the Esquire this week. And that should be it. What's happening in the news spectrum of things, James? It's real news! Rance Howard died today at 89 years old, so today good for him. Yesterday? Yeah. Uh, is it today? It was actually Saturday oh, was, oh, yeah, yeah, you're Saturday, right. It was Sunday yeah. evening, yeah. Um, well, no one knows when we recorded this, so it was today. Yeah, it was true. just now. 
Um, right here, we're actually, in front of us. we're the first people to know. Yeah, Ron Howard called us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you're the la- <laughs> but we're the last people to tell you. I'm hey, real right nerds, now. hot scoop. <laughs> so I'll let you. And know. then Ryan ate a thing full of candy beans. <laughs> <laughs> he did not uh, eat that candy. Yeah, he was. <laughs> He was obviously the father of, of Clint and little Ronnie Howard. Yeah. Uh, little Ronnie Howard. He was in a whole says. bunch of different movies. Yeah. He was but. in, uh, he, my, still my favorite thing. He was in Ed Wood. He played the investor who wants Bride of the Monster to end with a big explosion. Yeah. But it ends with Dr. Voronoff falling into the pit. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, in other sad news, uh, John Lasseter's name was added to the list. Um, but this is a weird one where... Like, when it first came out, uh, Rashida Jones was, like, thrown out there as, like, having left mm. because of his, his like, sexual harassment. And then she came out and said, like, nah, that's not true. The letter that he wrote basically taking a six-month leave of absence is sort of making it sound more like, uh, less like he is a predator and more like maybe he is behaving in, a, like, without necessarily realizing that he could be making Yeah, I mean, in his letter, he mentions that he hugs people and kisses yeah. them and maybe they don't like that and he needs to learn to be a better person. Yeah. Um, this is not one where I necessarily am like, hey, I never want to see anything John Lasseter does ever again. Um, now, when Rashida Jones sort of corrected the news um, while saying, like, hey, people are rushing too fast to like do some of this stuff and some of this is inaccurate. Um, she also said that her time at Pixar made her feel like, you know, women and people of color, their their voices were not necessarily listened to as much as they should be. Um, so, you know, criticism is fair and, and I'm sure that's definitely true. It's that company is certainly a boys club, just like everywhere else in Hollywood. Um, I, I, I really respect Rashida Jones and I think she's incredibly intelligent and she's actually one of my favorite comedians. Uh, I think she's vastly underrated Mm -hmm. from parks and rec and you try Becca, which is an amazing show. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I really like her. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully everything is okay. I want John Lasseter back. He makes Disney better. So yeah, but he should be better at making Disney better. He has to start with the man in the mirror. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the man in the, nope, there's no connection. Um, no Michael Jackson news. (laughs) Damn it. Surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, I was quite surprised to see that they're announcing they're going to make a sequel to murder on the Orient express. And they're even going to do it as Death on the Nile, um, which it's is actually that movie's holding really well. I was looking yeah. at the stats this week. I think it only dropped like 8% this week. I sort of just felt like it was one where this was in this was a one time out outing for Kenneth Branagh. Like, I didn't feel like this was something where he was going to go make a franchise out of this. But if it's making good money, that, and, and I, I mean, think, it's not I think, Shadow Recruit. I think crew, actors so. would like it because yeah. I haven't seen Orient Express yet, but I really want to. I mean, oh, I've yeah. obviously seen the other ones, but. Um, you know, it's a chance for actors to sit down and act. Yeah. I, I think Death on the Nile, Death on the Nile is a really good one. Um, and the nice thing is it doesn't have the stigma or weight of Orient Express because mm-hmm. Orient Express has its thing that it does that makes it special. Death on the Nile is just a good mystery. Um, so hopefully you could just take that one and make just a good mystery and take the character that they've that they've made and make him more interesting and add more to it. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be a slightly awkward transition because again, like it ends in the last movie, they say like, there's been a murder on the Nile and you've got to go. And I'm like, well, death on the Nile. If I remember correctly, he's just on a boat already. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like it's kind of exactly like Orient Express, where the murder just happens around him and he happens to be there. But you know, maybe they'll wreck on that. Um, it's like when Jim Gordon handed the Joker card to the Batman at the end of Batman Begins. I'll look into it. Yeah. Uh, well, he does. He does. So uh, after Justice League and all the Justice League news and people being mad about Justice League and mad about Joss Whedon, uh, and then there was a bunch of talk about there being a Zack Snyder cut um, and everybody wanting to like sign a petition to get a Zack Snyder cut in theaters. Anyway, uh, it came out this week that there's never going to be a Zack Snyder cut because basically the guy who did the special effects was like, hey, we're not going to do all the special effects for a, a whole different cut of the movie when the movie's already going to lose $100 million or $50 million, whatever it ends up being. I don't know. I, like, you know, that's a really early projection, and it made, like, I think, $70 yeah. million this or $60 million this last. And it's, it might have legs. I think it's going to end up being just fine. Um, but still, I, I don't think they're going to put out a di- – like, you know what a really good way to completely fuck up your franchise is? Have two different canon versions of a story – where things happen differently. Yeah. Like, what? Like it's one thing if you put out a, a cut that just has a little more. Mm-hmm. If you put out a cut where things are different, uh, I mean... Well, I yeah, just, it's just... I mean, it's the same argument for, uh, you know, Rogue One. Are you going to really put out how it originally was supposed to be? Yeah. And it just gets confusing. And right. then you don't have Darth Vader at the end, and I think that's the part people love the most. Yeah. Like, for a universe that a lot of people don't seem to care about, is it really that big of a... No, a people... Yeah, I mean, that? even from the sounds of it, it's like, like some of the things that were cut were that um like one of the things that came out this week was the the opening sequence that Joss Whedon wrote for Batman um was funnier. was funnier and then the studio was like this is too funny you got to cut this down right like which also kind of in my mind leans me against this whole and again yes i have long been a fan of Joss Whedon um but at the same time, that makes it sound like, hey, this isn't just like Joss Whedon came in and fucked this movie in half. Like, I don't know why people have that stuck in their head. If the movie's broken, it's a little broken because of Snyder. It's a little broken because of Whedon. It's probably a lot broken because of WB. I don't, I, I, yeah, I just don't, I don't understand. I think people are holding out that there might be a version out there that's going to be better. But yeah, it, again, it, it's going to be totally too different. Well, and because that's what they've been trained to think from the last well, from um, two of the last three, right? Mm-hmm. There were there were extended cuts of those first two films or middle two films because I always forget about Man of Steel, which is the best one. So anyway, like people are sort of expecting, like, oh, there's going to be a director's cut, and especially one where things got you know kerfuffled this much. Um, you kind of expect there would be, but anyway. But hey, Warner Brothers, if you want to make that extended cut, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I will pay for those those special effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, President of Warner Brothers, we got that one guy. I know, isn't it weird? We live in a, a world where a movie makes ninety five million dollars. Like mm, disappointed. Oh yeah, it's really yeah. weird. We live in that world now. Yeah. yeah, even I mean, there was a lot of interviews this week because uh, Denny Villeneuve, Denny Villeneuve, Vanilla Ice. Uh, this week was he's finally out like doing interviews and talking about that movie some, and he's kind of talking about like that movie having not done well and why he thinks that is and that kind of stuff. And he even said, he was like, it made a lot of money. Didn't make as much in the U S as we wanted. You know, it just wasn't enough, but, but it is one of those where that's another movie that people look at as a failure. And I'm like, it made as much in a weekend as the first film made period. Uh, But they're expensive films, you know? Yeah. And I get that too, but you have to have realistic expectations. If I was Warner brothers, in uh, not so much justice league, but on blade runner, like, so it's a 40 year, 35 year old movie that, 
that people really didn't like the first time. Yeah. And it only gained its status of how great it is after the fact. Yeah. Anybody who's realistic about their love of Blade Runner will admit that they love what Blade Runner wants to be, not what it is. Like, they love the style of Blade Runner, and they love the ideas of Blade Runner. Blade Runner itself, not the best film. Um, And, and too, if you go back and, I I mean, if you get... uh, any cut of it now on Blu-ray. I mean, you're going to see, awesome. you can see the theatrical one. Yeah. I can see why it failed. Oh yeah. Not that um, it's not a bad movie. I'm not saying yeah. it's a bad movie, but and it's n- a, narratively it needs a little work. It's a long rated R slow, very dramatic science fiction film that makes you think it's not a movie people go to a second time or Agreed. even tell their friends about very often. Right. They think yeah. about it for a few days, but unless you're someone like me, who is still telling people that they need to go see Prisoners because, holy shit, have you seen Prisoners? It's really good. Like, you don't hear people talk about those movies. You hear people talk about, like, oh, man, I went and saw that new Thor, and Thor is really awesome. A coworker of mine uh, was was trying to go over Thanksgiving to go see Thor. Every showing he went to, and these were not, like, Thanksgiving showings. This was, like, the Friday or Saturday after at 1 a.m. sold out. Or at least sold out down to the last row, right, the front yep. row. Like, crazy. Anyway. Uh, I just don't I, think people talk about. Blade I Runner. got the uh, soundtrack finally. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So like the opening, like the first half of it's like a traditional, you know, Marvel movie, and then as they get to Sakar, it slowly gets to that boom, doom, boom, doom, boom. I'm like, and I think it's like the hero's like journey. I it's like track eleven. I'm like, oh yeah. It's a Sakar theme or something. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, like it's really like the synths and stuff pick up in it. It's That's awesome. Great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, transitioning to happy news. Mystery Science Theater 3000 The Return is going to get a second season on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. To the shock of nobody. Well, yeah. That show probably doesn't cost much to make, but yeah, I've That's watched good. it about four or five times now. It's good. So hopefully that means good on them. make more. Yeah. I'm glad they announced it on Turkey Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they say how many episodes they're going to commit to? They just mm-hmm. said it's coming back. No. Hmm. Probably the same-ish. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because the Kickstarter went over by like three episodes because they got so many donations. So I don't know if Netflix yeah. is going to match it or go with the original. Yeah, there were 14. Um, and even in this article, they're exa- they're saying exactly what you're saying. Of like, There were 14. Netflix might want to go with a more traditional number like 12. But we'll see. If they go with eight, like if they go with fewer, it just means th- theoretically you would get a season three sooner, right? Like, I don't know. Um, because that's not a show where it's like, you know, it's not Stranger Things where the more episodes, the more like characters and stuff you get. It's just the more episodes, the more movies they get to make. Yeah, fun it's more of, of like finding movies you can make fun of and mm-hmm. yeah, tell a story around the yeah. movie. It's a very yeah, different if, TV show compared to everything else they're doing. If so. it takes them two extra months to find those last like two to four films, and so they can get it going faster, like just give me eight episodes every six months, and I'll be good. You're right. Um, Does it say Jonah Ray will be back? No. I don't think so. Well, Jonah Ray was there but, with the announcement with Felicia Day. Yeah, but he um, also yeah. died. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll come up with something. He's fucking dead? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, uh, they'll, uh, yes, look, my... look, they're going to... 1995? Did, did he die? I, mean, I got you. <laughs> did he die? Or did he, like... Crow, I, I'm, I'm... Crow and Tom are going to search the earth for a mother box. Yeah, Just roll with me. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, in other news, how many people like Master and Commander enough that they would like to see a sequel? I guess. Why aren't you raising your hands? God damn it. Uh, Notice how it went up. Right, I'm Russell Crowe. 
<laughs> or, I'm on a ship full of dudes and we sail the world. Fighting on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's, movie is fucking Paul amazing. Bettany, get over here. Uh, it's pretty good, yeah. It's great. Pretty good. It's yeah, so good. I just call that movie Boat Fight. Mm-hmm. Pretty <laughs> good, yeah. <laughs> so much Copyright Rumblers <laughs> Podcast. But so much of that movie is not a boat fight. We're trying um, to think of a sequel names like uh, Boat Fight 2, uh, Boat Harder. Um, <laughs> what's the other one? This you can talk great. about this stuff while I figure it <laughs> okay, out. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> Russell Crowe went on Twitter this week and started talking about how... Oh, yeah. Boat Fight 2, Ports of Kill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'll see all these movies. I like movies with boats that fight. Um, so Russell Crowe went on Twitter this week and started saying that uh, there there might be some hope out there for us to get a Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World 2, uh, which I think the would be great. The ends of the earth. Ooh, Yeah. <laughs> At world's end. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I was telling you so earlier. On Stranger Time. Fuck me. I, was, I, just, I vaguely remember this film, but like, but you're, I mean, you, as you told me, it does open itself up for a sequel, I guess. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. It's a movie about yeah. guys living on boats. Yeah. It's actually just a drama about being on a boat, and sometimes they fight. Yep. Like, most of that movie is slow and quiet, and there's like people who want to mutiny because they're not getting off the limes. Like, it, it's rough. Yeah, it's Peter um, Weir. The, yeah, I like expect that. There's a guy, you know, the guy gets uh, appendicitis and has to operate on himself. Like it's rough, or no, he gets a bullet, something like that. Anyway, um, Paul Bettany has to operate on himself. It's cool. Oh, yeah, I anyway. just got it on Blu-ray, so I'm gonna watch it again. <laughs> yeah, you should check it out. It's really good. Yep. Uh, and then finally, Dan Harmon is telling people he might still make a Community movie because we still need to talk about Community. So. Yep, maybe that'll happen. Uh, oh, in other good news, uh, James Cameron said that uh, Avatar four and five, not hundred percent locks. Uh, oh, those are going to be made depending on whether or not two and has, three do six billion even, dollars. Has they even started shooting two yet? Oh, they're constantly shooting two. He's been shooting two for six years. Mm. It takes Jim Cameron ten years to make movies. Yeah, mm. every time. You know, I keep on reading reports that Venom's like a month into production, and I don't I believe know. it. <laughs> Was it? Oh, there was some other piece of news. Oh, this week uh, they announced that uh, Carnage is going to be in that film. <gasps> Shocked. Yeah. Who's yeah. playing? Who's going to play Venom? Uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's going to no play way. Venom. Mad yeah. Max. Yeah, and uh, Bane um, is going to play Venom. Yeah. I can't see it. <laughs> and then they've got uh, we hate uh, Spider-Man. Michelle Williams <laughs> is going to play his his sad indie girlfriend. Um, it's going to be great. The itsy bitsy spider. <laughs> Down came the rain. Oh, I would pay so much money to just watch that. Five seconds and then it's done. Oh, you know that's going to happen. Like People are just going to take that trailer and redub it with the Bane voice. I, okay, so if they if he fights Carnage and it's R-rated... It, it's not. I, they said it would your, be. Your, your, your second thing is already a no. Okay, I'm Sony... And I don't make as much Spider-Man money anymore. <laughs> I had to give up Spider-Man in order to like get anything right. Um, I also look longingly over at Fox and what they're doing. Yeah, I can't. My my biggest movie this year was Emoji Movie, and I really want to make some <laughs> uh, money. Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, their biggest doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Spider-Man's generated nine is, billion dollars for them. At box is office. there any way that Sony's I'm going? Worst year. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at that list, I'm just like blown. Away. Like, wow, awful. This what, is the what's year... their next highest score? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. This is the year that started with them saying like, "Hey, 
we're really hoping Emoji Movie does well. Otherwise, we might sell off the film division. And now you look at this year and you go, I don't think anyone wants to buy it. <laughs> They're like, uh, we'll take Spider-Man. Right. And? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> Dark <if> anything, Tower? <laughs> if anything, Marvel comes in and goes like, we'll give you a real sweet deal on our Spider-Man stuff again. <laughs> yeah. Please? Um, it's right. He's in good hands. Yeah, he's doing fine. Uh, but Venom's not. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it'll be great. I don't know. Maybe it'll be great. Probably won't. Probably won't be, but gives me an excuse to see, like, I don't know. I don't like Venom very much, so I don't. But how do you feel about Carnage? (laughs) I think Carnage is more interesting than Venom. Really? Yeah, because he's a serial killer that bonds with a symbiote, and he doesn't have any morals, and he kills people, like, randomly. I think it's more interesting than, "Mm, he's mean to me. Well, you're seeing it as, I mean, this is going to be, like, Punisher Venom, right? This is going to be Venom where, like, Venom is, the symbiote is a backpack, and he uses machine guns and, like, is invulnerable or if something. If they did Agent Venom, I think it'd be better. Yeah, I, I mean, when you cast Tom Hardy, that's what I assume you're doing. Yeah, I mean, Because if, we'll if you put a giant-tongued Venom on the screen to fight a giant-tongued Carnage, I, I, I don't know how you sell that movie. Uh, it's going to... The thing is, the people the love, people love Venom. It'll make lots of money. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, well, but Spider-Man fans love Venom. Does my mom love Venom? Uh, like the people, true who, Spider-Man fans don't love Venom. Well, I'm just. But my point <laughs> is, like, do do the mass does a mass audience who's going to go see that movie enough actually know. give a shit about? Unless Venom they bought it on a T-shirt, I don't think they'd give a shit. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think like, I, I think I think his. Biggest selling point is his visuals. Yeah. So if he looks cool, then I think that'll be enough. I mean, right. I mean, I'm a passing Spider-Man fan up until recently, but like I never had much interest in him. Like I like Green Goblin more. Oh well, yeah, because like Green Goblin's Ock. awesome and Doc Ock's awesome. Yeah, I mean, um, I I'm one of those. Heck, even he, uh, Vulture, <laughs> like you know, like, Vulture's awesome too. As a kid, I actually did like Venom, but I I like the story of Venom that is about like, hey, how can we prey on Peter, turn him, and like amplify the bad things about peter yeah, and I that's mean, a that's a really good story if you just take the suit away then it's not really very interesting right? i agree um I agree. so anyway we'll see yeah, we'll see uh, hey did you hear that uh disney is making a sequel to the rocketeer <laughs> they are yeah a sequel not a not a not a reboot a sequel to the rocketeer who's playing the rocketeer i don't and i don't know probably not uh what's his face billy campbell billy campbell which is too bad because the casting on the movie. I think George perfect. Clooney would make a good Rocketeer. Oh man! Oh, that's... Isn't he as old as Billy Campbell? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't the Rocketeer doesn't have to be young? That movie was perfectly cast. Alan Arkin as PV, Jennifer Connelly as Betty, as Jenny. You know what Jennifer Connelly's best performance ever is? Uh huh. As a Spider-Man's web assistant. Oh, that's you asshole. <laughs> she is good in that. She's fine. She's that's best performance. I know, I'm just picking on her because you don't She's that. in Spider-Man. You're looking funny. She's in Spider-Man Homecoming. She plays the suit. Oh, yeah, yeah, her yeah. voice. Yeah. yeah. She's suit lady. Yep. Yep. Anyway, that is uh, news. Karen. Ah, <laughs> uh, Blu-rays are what we buy. Blu-rays what's dropping on Wait, wait, wait. At Best Buy. The romantic interest of Hulk is also the voice of Spider-Man's suit? Yes. Yes. This doesn't... Well, two different different universes, but yes. And Johnny Storm is also Captain America. And he died on the Icarus 50 years from now. No. (laughs) Yes. Johnny Storm and Captain America are the same character? (laughs) Yeah. Iron Man tried to catch the Zodiac once. He did. (laughs)
Perfect. Get me the video cassette of Spaceballs the movie. Have you seen this? But there's been a new breakthrough in home video market. Instant cassettes. They're out in stores before the movie is finished. Okay, this one, you have to check this out sometime. I can't even... Just promise me you'll rent it. Sir. What? Are either one of these any good? I don't watch movies. Fuck much too early. Prepare to fast forward. Prepare to fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forward, sir. Well, this is the last time I rent here. You'll be missed. Screw you. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. Logan Lucky is coming out on 4K this week. Uh, I'm actually excited. I didn't get a chance to see this, so I'll probably rent it. It's a good, fun flick. Cool. Uh, yeah, my parents liked it enough. It's like Ocean's Eleven, but with Southern people. Nine Lives is out this week, uh, which is the film Oh God! Where <laughs> on Blu-ray where Kevin Spacey plays a cat. For some reason, this was at the bottom of the list. Uh, well, we know he's not looking for pussy. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, Ryan, no. Shut the show down. <laughs> <laughs> really bad. <sighs> now I've got to scour the earth for every podcast that's film-related to see if someone else made the joke. If not, you get the, you get I the get claim. the credit. Of course I get the credit. How <laughs> would I know? Man, can you, that's a Sony film, right? I don't know. No, it's, um, I, I think it's it Steins Gate or something. Yeah. 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 That's, that's bad timing. I mean, obviously. Well, this is just movie came out. Worse, no, the movie came out last year. They're just re-releasing yeah. it in 4K. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Blu-ray. Oh. But yeah. Uh, Warner Archive is releasing Doc Hollywood. I do. Blu-ray. I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. Sorry, I'm tra- trying to bring us back around. Um, it was the first movie I saw boobs in. Is really? It in that movie? Yep. Oh my oh, goodness. When they're out of the lake. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Man. See Michael J. Fox's boobs. <laughs> 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 and they are great. <laughs> you, do see, you see his butt in uh, Secret to My Success. Ooh, cute. Mm-hmm. And Back to the Future 3. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like Secret to My Success, too. Tune into my spinoff podcast, Michael J. Fox's Ass. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kino is releasing the Gene Wilder film The Woman in Red on Blu-ray, um, which has got Gilda Radner in it. Yeah, I remember watching it with my grandfather. I remember too much about it. It's 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 a remake of a foreign film, and I like it enough, but it's like it's he's not likable in it because <laughs> he's kind of an asshole. But sure. Not a likable one. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, Peter Dinklage has got a little, like, straight-to-DVD movie called Rememory. Uh, Peter where... Dinklage has a little movie? Wow. Shit. Oh, son of a you bitch. fucking asshole. Not Boom. cool, man. Oh, man. Boom. <laughs> I'm going to go to the little boy's room. Um, the Based on the cover, I think his head turns into a tree. Mm. Uh, so that's interesting. Rememory. Check it out. Uh, Death Dream is coming to Blu-ray. I think the subtitle is Dead of Night. I, I don't know. Uh, it's from... Blue Underground is a movie where a guy who looks a lot like the Terminator chases Columbo with a revolver and another guy chokes somebody with a stick. Uh, As you wish. This cover is weird. <laughs> but maybe check it out. It looks like it's a book edition. Anyway. Who makes uh, Peter Falk jokes? <laughs> Someone who's in. Only Ryan. <laughs> Only me. All right. Uh, there is a uh, steelbook edition of Get Out coming to Best Buy. And it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's not like Mondo art, but it's yeah. that pop art project yeah. they've been doing. But it's yeah. pretty cool looking. I might double dip. <laughs> I mean, you can get the 4K for like 12 bucks now. I know, but I already bought it. I, I spent 14 on the Blu-ray, but I want that steelbook because it looks so nice. I get it. <laughs> and I love the guy who did it with Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh, Arrow is going to release uh, Animal Factory, a film by Steve Buscemi with uh, Willem Dafoe and Eddie Furlong uh, on Blu-ray this week. Um, so I don't know. Check <laughs> that out. 
Uh, and then, very last, from Shout Factory, is Misery. It's a good one. From Rob Reiner. Yeah, speaking of William Goldman, then he wrote that one too, right? He did. Yep. See? Sometimes I know my movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know like that's... William Cockadoody. Yeah. yeah. You know that's based on a Stephen King novel? It is. Mm-hmm. Isn't it weird? People are better at writing Stephen King stuff than Stephen King is. That's one of the ones where he also says that, like, like there's there's times where people will change his movies, and he's like, oh, that's the thing they did better. And he's like, oh, yeah, the hammer was way better oh, yeah, than, yeah. than the vice. Um, but anyway, yep. Check out Misery from Scream Factory. Awesome. Today. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Coco. Uh, quick disclaimer, I saw 45 minutes of Coco. I didn't see Coco. Uh, my so kid, you some more than I did. My kid decided to be an asshole. Oh no! And uh, me and my wife went, and he was uh, he was being kind of a butthead all day. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't. I was planning on taking him, but like, I really shouldn't take him because he's being kind of a troublemaker. And so we went there, and I got him his little like kid snack pack thing. And, the Alamo? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, snack pack thing. So it had like popcorn and like a re- drink and thing, like a little yeah. fruit yeah. snack thing. He ate it. He was really sweet. He watched the 25-minute Frozen thing. Um, And then about 30 minutes into it, he decided he wanted to be loud and obnoxious. Oh. And so I was like, fuck, man. And uh, so I took him out, and he just wouldn't stop. And so Laura came out, and she says, do we need to go? I said, yep. But what I saw of Coco, it's beautiful. Um, It's really well done. And, um, yeah, it's a Pixar movie, so you should probably see it. Yeah. Brad? That's a shame. I think you missed the best part of Coco. It is a beautiful movie. I could not stand that Olaf short. <laughs> um, why is it a why is there a non Pixar short in front of a Pixar movie? Cause, probably because Pixar cause, was too busy to make a short. Because Frozen is like life for four year old girls, man. Yeah, I, I know. I it was, it was right. like two years ago. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're just like rekindling interest in the property because yeah. it's like three years old now, and I'm sure Frozen Two is like yeah, two years away. Two years yeah. next year or two years? I don't remember. Got to keep the interest. Oh no, next year's Wreck It Ralph too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's why that's there. But uh, it's not. I mean, the animation is still gorgeous, but the, you know, it's, it's pretty uh, re- like reductive. Like it's yeah. not. A, it's what it is. Yeah, it's just. But the like uh, dumb fun. But yeah. Uh, but Coco, yeah, it's the animation's amazing. Yeah, um, I, l- I left right when the. Um, I guess I should not spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, the animation's amazing. Um, the middle part, I did kind of detached from the movie a little bit when uh uh he goes to the other side and uh, like his family's trying to chase him like capture him i kind of checked out a little bit mm. during then but uh uh the ending even though i i saw how it was going to resolve it's still amazing and uh yeah it's great go see it zach you guys should have been watching this movie like five minutes ago. In fact, if you're listening to this right now, shut our fucking shit off. <laughs> Go watch Coco. Uh, and also, Disney needs to start a business where they sell Kleenex at the theater. Because I cried too damn hard in this movie. Aww. Um, Go see it. It's one of the best films of the year. Cool. Trailer for Coco. Once every year, our ancestors... Come back to our world. Please have a safe journey. To see family (laughs) and friends. But no living person has ever visited their world. Until now.
in there. I'm sorry. <gasps> What's going on? <laughs> Doctor, wait up! You gotta stay with me, boy. We don't know where we are. What is going on? Remind me how I know you? They're your family. We have to get you back home. Welcome. Anything to declare? Uh, as a matter of fact, yes. Coco tells a story of a, a young boy in Mexico and all he wants to do is play music, but his family forbids it because of, um, is it spoilers to say? Oh, I guess we're in spoilers. Uh, his great grand, great grandfather is his hero, uh, Hector de la Cruz, and he's a huge Mexican. Uh, well, he doesn't know that his. But he finds out pretty quick. His hero he? is his great grand. No, that's like, I don't know, halfway in. Is it halfway in? One of the problems was it takes a long time to actually get started because, mm. uh, I don't know, the first. 10 or 20 minutes is him just idolizing this singer yeah. and fighting with his family over being able to play music. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't think he crosses over to... Is it that... Did I see it that long? Cause, it uh, felt not like that. I don't the, know the if part, it was the Olaf thing, but it felt long. It takes its time getting there. The, the part I left with when I went out of the theater, because Colin was being a little booger, was uh, when the one um, guy was forgotten and he kind of went away. And... Uh. Uh, uh, Hector, the guy in the hammock. Yeah, and Hector played the song. Yeah, it's like which halfway. is which is a great song yeah, by a the great way. Moment too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyways, he he idolizes this guy, and it turns out it's his great grandfather, and uh, he wants to be in a talent contest. Uh, and they break his guitar, so he goes and steals his grandfather's guitar from his mausoleum. Well, he steals his hero's guitar at that point. He doesn't well, know it's his grandfather. Doesn't he know it's his great grandfather at that point? No, he has to once he's over in the the death side of the world. Um. Because doesn't he see the picture and they say that's his argument with his family? Well, his his main thing is he steals. He steals from the dead, period. And yeah. that's why he gets into the other side. But, yes, it's his hero's guitar okay. um, in his big... Um, oh, that's right, because he says, uh, you, you won't mind because you told... Because he has a saying, like... You have like, a moment. Yeah, seizure moment. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah and, seize your guitar, more like. Oh. That's all I got. But uh, the, the scene where uh, he actually crosses over to the um, dead... Is like one of the most beautifully animated things I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like the city and the, the little the, the uh, pedal pedals and oh. is what it's stunning. Yeah, and uh, when he gets there, like he meets up up with his family at it's like it's like a version of a Union Station for the dead because basically the dead the thing of uh, the Day of the Dead is that like they put it on a mural. You the family that's in the living, real world. Yeah, in the real yeah. world they put. The photo of their dead um, family member on within a mural, and the dead go through like a security checkpoint. And if the family member in the living world hasn't put their photo up, they can't go into the world of the living for the Day of the Dead. Um, which leads us to the character of Hector, played by um, uh, Gail Bernal Garcia um, from Rosewater. Ooh. Actually, yeah, cool. he's, he's great. He is wonderful in the film, and and they want to cross over so that they yeah. can see the living. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah, yeah. and. Um, uh, and there's some great stuff within that depot. Um, I know um, Cheech Marin is one of the uh, clerks in the office, and that mm -hmm. was fun to hear him in there. Um, but 
the when they when they're walking across the bridge to the land of the dead, like it's and like I saw a behind the scenes thing of it, like it's like millions of fucking lights like within that shot bursting through Did you think uh and I do think this is on purpose, do you think uh the the little boy looked like uh uh the kid from Halloween? Like he had the red hoodie and he was dressed up as a skeleton. I thought he looked like oh, the kid yeah. from Halloween. <laughs> I know maybe that's just an Easter egg I picked up on and that's, probably wasn't one. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, now that now that I'm thinking of it, um, but uh, no, like they get to like so he goes on this journey and like the the it sucks because you haven't seen the rest of the film. It's, right. it's not going to really matter because like, yeah. I think if you've seen enough Pixar films at this point, you know that they're they're playing you, boy. Yeah. Um, but um, this film is incredible because it says it's Pixar's film about death, like straight up, like it about how to deal with loss, how to understand, like how like it, it's it, I would show this to someone if they are having trouble getting over um, a, a really like close family death because it, because of everything it tackles. Um, I, I thought it was actually more about like, don't idolize your hero like too much. That's part of it, but that's not the central, like it's well, the central part if is you hold on to that memory of someone who's lost, which is a very important part of it. I know it's really hard cause he hasn't seen it yet, but you got got a taste of it. Like if you forget someone, they disappear into the yeah. great beyond, and that comes up again later in the film. And it's I feel like it's like it's the same thing like with in Star Trek Two when Bones says he's not really dead as long as we remember him. Yeah, I get but that. But this film kind of like extrapolates that further and in great detail. Um, and I it was it was so fucking moving in so many places. Now, granted, like I saw it through the perspective of like my grandfather dying a couple of years ago and i still haven't really gotten over it because it's, he was that close to my life. So this was like good medicine. So that's how I'm like extrapolating it from that point of view. But like I could show this to anyone who's like recently lost a family member and like kind of, it's not going to depress them to the point of like, of like pure sadness. It's just, it's going to give them like happy tears if you will. Cause like I never felt like, utterly depressed in this film um it it keeps itself vibrant enough in spite of its dark moments hmm. um and uh th there's just a lot of like small touches that pixar always does in the case of like with this story's thematic elements like the idea of uh um de la cruz the 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 greatest singer in the world like just the kind of the way he they tell his story is interesting because of like just like He's like he's like a movie star. He's like he sells out concerts and whatnot, and he's killed by a church bell in 1942 on stage. Like it's it's and like and it's I it's probably like my favorite Pixar film since Up because it tackles issues that it that are tough and it's as smart as Inside Out because it's like tackling an issue that is challenging. It's hard to sell to a mass audience. I'm glad it's getting the recognition it's getting. I think it has a better hook maybe than Inside Out does in 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 its delivery or its selling of the premise. Hmm. Brad, did you want to say why you like the movie? Yeah, I don't know where to backtrack to. <laughs> um, 
my interpretation uh and why the movie isn't like totally like 100 percent awesome to me is that like halfway through i wasn't sure like where is this movie going because it turns into like a murder mystery halfway through that you have to solve and like that's where like i didn't feel like it was all like just about death to me Hmm. so like he he it's only like the whole uh like hector's thing like that's not really like about uh, i'm totally thrown off because zach just went (laughs) it's another tangent yeah but yeah that was it a lot of movies just like okay like it's it's this one thing about him not being able to play music and then he crosses over and then it's about solving hector's murder and then the those two things converge with uh what's the kid's name miguel miguel Coco. um you know it's a grandma it's like it's finding out that uh bill finger got shafted uh, <laughs> uh about uh you know creating batman because bob kane took all the credit mm-hmm. so that's like the other third half of this movie and then of course um but like yeah none of that matters because the visuals are so impressive and the the ending is like super moving like even though as soon as hector plays that song you like you know like oh that's gonna come back <laughs> so yeah this is tough when like you've only seen part of it you haven't seen it and then we, <laughs> yeah yeah and he saw it one way and i saw it a different way yeah my apologies and but, I, I i'm sorry if i i'm sure i'll see it this week and then uh threw you off track i know i, gotta I didn't mean to, find, to do that i gotta try you had to a whole holiday to see like four movies um yeah. well lately i've been so busy i have good sucks. news for you ryan yeah there's nothing next week uh know i was actually going to talk to you guys about that i was going to see three billboards yeah Outside of Ebbing's, Missouri, what was it we were talking about? Ladybird. Uh, oh yeah, Lady Bird. we might go see Bill, uh, Ladybird, and you can go see Three Billboards, and then we'll talk about it. I'd be fine with doing an episode where we actually review Three Billboards because I have way more to say on that film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Brad, you you uh, you can break the tie. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I initially wanted to see Ladybird, but not just heard like too much you ever had that thing where you hear too it's much praise too for something good and you're like ugh, it can't be that good it i don't want to jump on that bandwagon good. yeah i'll go you know give something that needs my attention yeah i was hoping that uh the disaster artist would be at the alamo but it's not this yeah, week not till the eighth yeah which the eighth is going to be a tougher week just because we've got that and a couple other things we yeah. to see i got an invite for an early screening of disaster artist though i have to check yes i don't know if that's the same week it's coming out or i don't remember did you get it too? I didn't get one. I remember talking. Us talking it's a about victory it. thing. So. Oh, victory, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember us talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I got it. Yeah, I, th- I think I got the email today about it. Oh, yes. 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 Because Greg Cicero is going to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. is that have, this week? I don't know. I have tickets to it. Yeah, me too. I should find out. I don't think so. I yeah, think I'm it, supposed to bring a friend. <laughs> I think it was actually like the second. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Theoretically, between the four of us, we might be able to make that work. Well, if it's a, a second, then I mean, I don't work and Laura doesn't work. So that's the Saturday, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's Saturday. The first is Friday. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you about that. I just don't remember. But I don't think so. I just looked at what's playing at the Alamo. Well, I guess they don't. Well, they, don't they, they, don't put, they don't put victory screenings out. No, yeah, it's, it's actually it's, the top brass party for this year. Um, so oh, it yeah. is the 13th. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, Oops. yeah I, I guess, you know, Lady Bird, because I, I saw three billboards, so. Okay. Okay. Ladybird. 
So we'll go see. And I don't have anything more to say about three billboards. It'll be a ladybird slash three billboards show. Three billboards outside Ladybird, Missouri. Cool. Cool. Sounds great. Oh, hi. Oh, um, hi. <laughs> Thanks oh, for listening. Bye, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. You said bye. <laughs> As Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau said it. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.